lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. I'm very excited to be here learning with you from the holy city of Jerusalem. So today I want to talk about how I went from literally dreading Yom Kippur to actually looking forward to it. So first I'm going to speak on a very practical level. I considered myself a bad faster and several I've done several things that I want to share here in the hopes that it might help you the way it's helped me really be able to have as easy a fast as possible and focus on the spiritual aspect of the day and get the most out of it. So I swear by these 24-hour release pills that are made by the Colel in Toronto. You can choose between Tylenol, Advil, or caffeine. And basically the way it works is you take the pills right before the fast starts, and then they begin releasing 12 hours into the fast, and they continue releasing for the last 12 hours, which is the hardest part of the fast. So I really swear by these pills. I'm going to link below, and you, there's a number you can call to see how you can get it um, where you live highly recommend them. Okay, the second thing that I've learned is you need to start hydrating 48 hours before a fast. Um, I don't just drink plain water. I drink lots of water, but I try to put lemon in it. Um, even like Celtic sea salt, like a little bit of nutritional salt, like some sort of electrolyte. So the lemon and the salt can be electrolyte or I'll drink like Pedialyte and Gatorade. Um, so I try to drink a lot of electrolytes 48 hours prior to the fast and more and more leading up to the start of the fast. It makes a big difference. Also, knowing what to eat before the fast is extremely important. Um, I try to eat complex carbs, fruit with water in it, like watermelon or grapes, salad, protein, obviously nothing too salty. And it's also, I've learned the hard way, <laughs> very important to know what to break your fast on because sometimes you'll get through the fast and then you're like, oh yes, I get to eat. And then I found I actually feel worse once I eat. So the first thing I do is I drink a ton of water because obviously our bodies are a little bit dehydrated. And then I eat like a simple meal, just like eggs and, and toast or bagel, whatever, um, keeping in the Jewish tradition, a bagel. And then like if a couple hours, I'll wait like a couple hours and then I'll maybe eat a little something else before bed. But I don't just pound like meat and heavy, <laughs> heavy um, food right after the fast. So that's like the physical aspects, which I just had to share because those little tips made such a big difference for me. Now onto the spiritual. So as I said, I used to dread Yom Kippur. Um, I don't, I don't look forward to fasting. I find it um, difficult and it just, the day seems like a drag, you know, it just seems like a depressing drag where I just have to sit there and apologize, self-affliction, pounding the chest. Um, and I had a really transformative experience several years ago. It was like my second real Yom Kippur where I was like fully fasting. Um, but it was my first Yom Kippur at Eish Kodesh, the shul in Woodmere, New York with Rav Moshe Weinberger, which is extremely special experience. Um, really beautiful singing, very heartfelt, a um, lot of unity in the shul. 
And um, at the end, I'm like, wow, that was so nice. Okay, I'm ready to go. We did it. Let's go eat. <laughs> Bagels, here I come. I'm ready to run out the door. And all of a sudden, every, the men start breaking out in song and dance, like really joyous song and dance. There's actually a video on YouTube that I'm going to post below so you can, you can see what I'm speaking about. But I couldn't believe it. And it was going on five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I mean, these are people who've been fasting all day, all day, you know, for 25 hours. And yet they have this energy. And where is it coming from? And I didn't even understand why, but I was crying. And like, and the people I was with, my from family, as I call them, they, we, they were all crying. We were hugging and crying. And I realized like it was this sense of relief of feeling like, it's going to be okay. Like Hashem loves us. He's our father and we love him. And like we're his children and he's going to give us God willing another chance. He's going to give us another year of good life and he's forgiven us. And it's this feeling of like relief and gratefulness that Hashem loves us and forgives us. And we have a fresh start. And there's really like no greater gift than being granted forgiveness and earning a fresh start in a relationship that's so important. Um, I'm sure you can relate to this in, in many examples from your life, whether it was with a spouse or with a parent um, or friends. Um, when things are a little bit rocky and then and you've done something wrong and you feel so bad. And then, for instance, with a parent, if you're lucky enough to feel that you have unconditional love from a parent, which thank God I do. I've definitely like disappointed and upset my parents before and that feeling when they forgive you and you can start over. But what's amazing is you're not you're not really going back to the way things were because things have inevitably changed despite, because of what you did. But despite the difficulty you've gone through, the change is now positive because you're now actually coming to a stronger place after the forgiveness. So it's really the same in our relationship with Hashem and that's part of the main reason I think Yom Kippur is so powerful is that Hashem, our, our loving parent who loves us unconditionally, forgives us. He forgives us. And we get to not just go back to the way things were, but we get to start fresh from a higher place. So I want to speak a little bit more about this. So on Yom Kippur, we are doing tshuva, which means really repentance, but it actually means to return. So we're repenting for our sins. We're returning to our soul, to the deepest part of ourself. And we're repenting for the actions that, that we did that separated us from Hashem in the past. That, that's really the main focus of the day. And my teacher, Rabbi Tzin Yehuda Skolshevsky, teaches that tshuva is actually not about the past. It's really about the future. We're rectifying the past in order to create a better future for ourselves. It's about wanting to be better, to do better than we have in the past. It's not just going back to the way things were. So I find this to be like a very refreshing, um, positive and empowering take on the day. And I want to share a quick anecdote that my great grandfather, actually, my paternal great grandfather used to be a Torah scribe, which is really crazy um, in Poland. And I asked my grandfather, my father's father, who grew up without. I think any Hebrew education, I don't even know if he had a bar mitzvah. I asked him, like, what happened? <laughs> How did it go from your grandfather being a Torah scribe to, to you not having really even a Hebrew education? And he said that his father, when he lived in Poland, used to see Jews repent on Yom Kippur and then go back to their old ways, and he just became disenchanted. And while I think that this was obviously um, not the correct response, it really begs the question that we're dancing around here that 
what if I know I'm not going to change all that much this coming year? Because I know from past years that I spent all of Yom Kippur saying I was going to change and that I and I deeply, genuinely wanted to change. But at the end of the day, we know that change is so hard. Real change is so hard. And the Torah fully recognizes this. So how meaningful is my forgiveness if I'm just going to be here a year from now, God willing, doing the same thing? How meaningful is the clean slate that Hashem is giving us? So Rabbanim Yamima Mizrahi says something very beautiful. She says, anyone who thinks that they are the same after Yom Kippur is mistaken. Because through the day, through the fasting and the repentance, we change. We actually become different people. So even if we do the same sin again after Yom Kippur, it's not actually the same. Because we have pangs of conscience, we have a deeper understanding of the sin we are committing. She said, every Yom Kippur elevates us as human beings. And I really, I find this to be true in my own experience that even though the day is hard and you're fasting and you're praying, it's not like an easy day necessarily, but when you come out of it, when when you go through the ni'ila, the final prayer service, when you hear the final shofar blast and that feeling, you feel so elevated. You you do, you feel, at least I do. I mean, you feel very elevated like a, like a different person. You really do. And I find that this is my own idea, that even just saying we want to do better to Hashem on Yom Kippur, like in a genuine way, I feel like that's, that also makes such a difference. I had an experience recently with my daughter, my three-year-old, where she wasn't listening. And I said, okay, I guess you don't want to be a good listener. And then she turned to me and she said in a very genuine way, she said, mommy, I want to be a good listener. And at that moment, my entire attitude toward her shifted. I was like, okay, amazing. I, I, I embraced her. I was, I, was, I was happy toward her again. Whereas before I was very frustrated and impatient. And then just by her saying that before she was even actually a good listener, she had yet to prove it. But just saying in a genuine way, I want to be a good listener for me as her parent who loves her unconditionally, that was all I needed to hear. So I, I almost feel like it's the same with Hashem, with us and Hashem. So I want to share what's going on here on Yom Kippur in terms of the spiritual mechanics a little bit, just to give us a, a deeper understanding. So the Nesiva Shalom, the Slanam Rebbe, quoting the Maharal of Prague, he explains that on Yom Kippur, we're not eating, we're not bathing, we're not engaging in the physical. We are basically allowing our soul to be free. <laughs> we're just spending the day focusing on the spiritual, and it's a day of our souls really returning to their source, which is Hashem. So at the source which is Hashem, there's no place for sin, he says. So through our self-negation on Yom Kippur, we're able to cleave to Hashem. And through this attachment to God, this devakis, our souls are cleansed of sin by default. And so in this way, Yom Kippur is really a mikvah for the soul. And it's such a sublime and beautiful experience. And it's actually become, become something that I look forward to each year, um, despite my anxiety surrounding fasting, because it's really just the biggest gift to have a day where our loving father forgives us. He gives us a chance to, to start fresh. I mean, if you think about it, like I used to feel like Yom Kippur was such a drag and a burden, as I said, and now I realize it's like the greatest act of mercy that Hashem gives us a day each year to be forgiven and to start fresh. So I feel like for a lot of people, spending a whole day fasting and praying, it's a lot of effort and a lot of work. And some Jews feel like it's not worth it's not worth it because they don't feel that that effort is worth the benefit. And an idea that I learned recently from a man named Rabbi Meir Yedid, he has an amazing book called The Power of Tranquility. 
he says that in life we only put effort in when we feel that the benefit's going to be worthwhile. So I hope that in, in these few minutes you've seen how the benefit of Yom Kippur is so tremendous that it totally outweighs the effort on our part of, of the fasting and that one day um, I certainly do. And that's not how I used to feel. So hopefully, hopefully you will feel the same. And to sum up, we need to prepare properly for the fast so we can get the most out of the day. Through fasting and praying, our souls are free to cleave to Hashem and our souls are cleansed. And we achieve tshuva as we return to our souls and our source and we are given a fresh start for the future. And we have to believe that this is true. And the Yom Kippur experience changes us and elevates us forever, even if we return to some of the same sins that we did before. So I bless us that we should all be inscribed and, and sealed in the book of life, a, a year of, of goodness, only reveal goodness and blessing for all of us. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to learning again with you soon. Take care.